Welcome to the Yakuza Kick Radio Hot Tag Podcast Company. I'm your host, J-Cat Morris. Uh, along with me is my ho- co-host, Shaheen. What's going on, man? Yo, what's going on, man? Uh, welcome back to Yakuza and THT. Obviously, we're going to be talking about a once-in-a-lifetime. Onita! Once-in-a-lifetime. It definitely happened over the weekend. I was there live. J-Cat was at home watching it through the High Spots Network. Uh, figured it'd be cool to get it from two different perspectives, one being live, one through high spots. Um, I enjoyed it for the most part, other than having car issues. Man, my car fucking broke down like 20 times, uh, thanks to Kevin Scally for jumping That's me. That's what must have happened. They had a lot of stuff rigged for explosives, but it was hooked to Shaheen's car battery that kept yeah. going out. And uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah so, something like that. But uh, thanks to Kevin Scally for uh, jumping my car and finally uh, getting me going. Of course, it broke down again. Uh, so it was definitely a lot of... Uh, a lot of annoying shit. Um, but, yo, man, I, I want to get into the atmosphere first before we get into the first match and all that good stuff. Um, the atmosphere was definitely different. Um, they actually shut down the whole fucking skate zone for this, which was uh, a, a shocker to me because that's that's a pretty big investment. You know, you usually have, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred teeny boppers coming through the weekend and, um, you know, paying their money, 20 bucks, whatever the case may be. And uh, they missed out on a lot of money because they shut the whole venue down for wrestling. So the parking lot was shut down. It was just CZW fans, which was kind of cool because, you know, um, it created a different atmosphere. I'm not really looking forward into tailgating inside a parking lot when there is, uh, you know, soccer moms walking by every every 10 seconds with their kids. I just, I just feel kind of awkward. I know it doesn't bother some people. Um, it, it bothers me. I don't feel comfortable. I feel kind of, like, guilty. It's it's, it's just weird. Um so for the most part, I enjoyed that um, a lot, that it was actually like a wrestling venue. It felt like nothing like GCW, nothing like Game Changer, but at least you felt a little safer. You felt a little more comfortable, and um, all they asked was clean up after your shit, and, you know, for the most part, people did. But uh, a lot of people, like, flew in from Canada, dude, from Texas, um, from Japan, Australia, you name it, man, from everywhere. But the atmosphere was cool with the tailgating. You know, you, you mentioned about the tailgating and stuff, and I've kind of seen it from both angles because I used to be the tailgating type. Um, but I, I'm definitely on the other end of it now, and you, you got to realize how unbelievably terrible it is for just, you know, imagine you're a parent bringing your kids to the fucking skating rink, and there's like, you know, 20, 30, 40 people crowded around their individual cars smoking weed and pounding beers, and it's like fuck man like this is not where i want to drop my kids off this is some bullshit like oh yeah yeah i mean dude honestly it is it is kind of like awkward like i just mentioned but you know especially dude like for the smokers because you know um a lot of people will you know form like a little circle right by the entrance and they'll be smoking their cigarette and then like you know like i said the soccer moms are walking through with their kids and then you know they got like fucking 20 dudes blowing smoke in the kids in, in the face of like five year olds it's just it's it's a weird vibe, man. I wasn't really into it. I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not feeling it. It's super, super fucking awkward. Um, for the most part, I think it, it was a good idea to do this. You know, especially if their rumors are leaving after uh, down with the sickness, they're leaving the skate zone. Apparently, they're moving like eight minutes down the road. I don't know how true that is, um, or whatever the case may be with the new venue. But I thought it was a it was a cool way to like shut it down. Um, let the people, you know, tailgate and, and, and party and create that kind of atmosphere at least uh, once in a lifetime, if you will. Um, and once in a lifetime it was, man. I mean, it was it was a spectacle. It, it was 
what I had expected. I know a lot of people were let down. Um, and honestly, it was probably one of the better CZW crowds as far as, you know, not dealing with, like, you know, weird people. It was a lot of older, like, ECW, original ECW fans. Uh, a lot of people had that, you know, flew out to Japan multiple times just to see FMW shows. And um, so you had, like, a loyal, loyal audience. A lot of older people. It wasn't so much, uh, you know, like, teen teenagers and, you know, teeny boppers and the millennials. It was a lot of the older people. Um, and a lot of people showed up, man. I, if I had to guess, I, I know I said 1,200 before. Um, we did before it actually happened, but I, I would say a good 900 were there, but, um, it's always awkward when there is, you know, the, the teeny boppers or they're having like a, like a, like an actual like family event there or something. And then you got combat zone next door. So it's, it's a little awkward for everyone. I'm sure for both parties, <laughs> kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely very awkward. So th- this time, that's why I said, uh, I appreciated them not doing it like that because, um, I don't like the fact that there's, like, 40 people at the skate zone, you know, right at the entrance smoking cigarettes, and then there comes, like, walking, like, a five-year-old kid that gets, like, yeah. fucking just suffocated in the smoke, you know? Just looking at ice skate. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, definitely, definitely a different environment. A ton of people that, like, came from across the country, Canada, fucking Australia, Japan, like, I, I was shocked, dude. I mean, people had spent probably thousands to get to the show, and that wasn't a rare occasion, man, because uh, almost like every other person that I talked to that that was that wasn't a familiar face um, was an older guy, you know, that that was like you know from Philly or whatever the case may be. And we, oh yeah, I used to go to the arena shows. Always wanted to see Onita, you know, and they all had pictures with like you know FMW shows they had traveled to in the '90s and stuff. So there was definitely like a loyal, loyal Onita fan base there, um, which was kind of surprising because I didn't realize that many people actually traveled to Japan to see FMW. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I can only imagine the people that actually travel distance as well as paying the you know, all the fees and stuff included and getting the result of what they got. So, so let's let's get into the show. Uh, they started the autograph right. session at four. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and they actually had to to cut the line because the autograph he signed autographs for more than three hours straight. Um. And he still didn't get through the line. So he literally signed autographs from when they opened the doors at 4 till bell time. And then they actually had to bring him out after the show. And then he probably did like another hour and a half of autograph signing. Wow. Um, so, dude, autograph money, like, I can't even imagine how much they made just off the autographs. Because the autographs were 40 bucks, you know, picture and picture and autograph, which which was reasonable. I didn't think it was insane or anything. Um, but just the, the amount of people that actually got the autographs was insanity to me because i didn't realize you know that many people were actually gonna show up for an onita and i gave you an estimate of what i thought they were gonna show up i thought i thought it was gonna be like 1200 people it was like a cage of death i mean it was it it looked sold out um you couldn't drop a pin in there there was a bunch of like empty seats like a lot of people chose to stand and not sit down right um which was weird but uh yeah more chairs than i've I've seen at a cage of death Hmm. yeah i mean they, they definitely went balls deep with this so yeah, um, from my perspective, the show didn't start until way later. Um, the the iPay-Per-View feed completely shut down the, the website. I guess they also didn't know how many people were interested in this. So uh, right off the bat, you just got a white screen saying like a bad gateway or four or whatever the fuck error. And um, yeah, so for at least an hour, because I mean that – 
that um fucking uh aerial assault that was the words i was looking for that match was pretty long because i actually went back and watched it today and figured out that they were actually doing me a favor in not allowing me to see that the first go around but um turned out that you know i i had to review it so i had to go see it anyway but uh yeah, where my pay-per-view feed came in was um, the Dub Boys, or I think they're the rep now, looking at the screen and going, I don't know these white niggas. That was the first thing I saw. I was like, oh, the feed's on. And they're <laughs> what an that was the, the very first thing I saw. I was like, well, this is going well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess they were talking to the, the tag team champions that I have no idea who they are. But yeah, uh, yeah. we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But the aerial assault match had uh, Ken Broadway, obviously a House of Glory guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was he came in with Matt Travis. Uh, one guy I was really excited to see there was a uh, Smiley. I thought that was a good move on their behalf to finally bring yeah. fucking Smiley in. Um, mm-hmm. That guy's super talented. I don't know why yeah. they haven't been using him. It's fucking retarded. Um, Mike Greca. I don't know who the fuck that was. It was the guy with the like pink and the lime green hair. Right, right. Yeah. No idea who that is. Uh, Brandon Watts. Any familiar with that guy at all? Yeah, he was one half of Milk Chocolate. Okay, okay, I don't, I don't remember Milk Chocolate, yeah. Yeah, they, they broke up or whatever. The other dude decided he didn't want to wrestle too much more, and uh, so he went solo, and that's that's who Brandon Watts is. Okay, okay. So I, I do know him. I just didn't realize it was him. Uh, Jason Gorey, which was uh, G. Raver's uh, old tag team partner, which was one of the guys that I actually enjoyed in this match. Yeah. And um, Anthony Bennett, who was the guy with the with like the kid in play fro. Iman Shumpert. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kit yeah. Osborne, finally on the card. Uh, Pandita from FMW and Jimmy Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, the only person that that really impressed me, I would say, it was really like I mean, Smiley. I expected him um, to right. do well. He didn't do anything at, like out of the world, but good showing by Smiley. I thought Ken Broadway was fine. Uh, Ace Romero was in this match. Oh yeah, that he was there too. Right, uh, Ace Romero, man. I'm I'm uh I'm liking this dude. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely liking this dude. I don't know how you feel about Ace Romero, but uh, no, no thanks. Yeah, dude, I like I like him. I think I think he's good. I'm not, well, he, yeah, I mean, you do like the fat guy. Yeah, I was gonna say fight tube spot with Air Fox, and maybe bled just enough for you to be in the Shaheen camp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think the guy. I think he tries hard, man. I think I think the guy goes out there. And, oh, he tries hard. He definitely tries hard. He just looks ungodly. Well, I think I think that's like part of the gimmick, though. You know, <laughs> yeah, he purposely like... ate and since he was a baby, in order to to get this gimmick going. <laughs> what do you mean it's part of the gimmick? <laughs> but I mean, dude, it's it's interesting to see like a guy that's like fucking four hundred pounds do like fucking you know swanton bombs and shit. It's fucking crazy. Mm. You're not gonna see that every day, you know. Purposely, uh, I don't see that every day. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would agree. I, th- I thought he has a, he had a good showing though. I mean, he got really over with the crowd. Um. He was getting a bunch of AC yeah. baby chants. I mean, I'm guessing you'll probably see him on the cards definitely from now on. Um, yeah, he's been on the past couple of shows. So. Yeah, yeah, I think at least what I've read of the results. Yeah, I think the last one was his first one against AR Fox. I thought that was the first oh, okay. match. Yeah, so okay. I'm guessing he's he's part of the main roster now. Uh, I know you didn't enjoy Jimmy Lloyd in here. I thought Jimmy actually did fine. He uh, he did a couple, you know, package pile drivers and a couple, you know, crazy suplexes and shit, and didn't botch anything. So. Um, yeah. that dude gets like such an enormous reaction. It's just, it's just <laughs> bothersome to me. It's very bothersome to me. 
Makes I mean, me immediately know how I feel about the crowd. Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I can't hate on the kid. I mean, he's fucking like 19 years old. If he's over, man, I, it's fine. It's, it's you know, it is. what. I, you never know, man. The dude might lose weight and he might be fucking great in five years. I mean, he's fucking, he's been wrestling like three years, you know? So, I mean, is there like a betting line on that? Because nah. nah. I mean, I'm definitely going to be on the side of he's not losing any fucking weight. That's, it's not really in the indie um, blueprint for people to start losing weight and looking better all of a sudden. It seems to really head in the other direction for some reason. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, indie wrestling is uh, yeah, like baby fat and being skinny fat is is the thing yeah. to go now. I blame Chris Hero. Well, you, you, I mean, yeah, that's probably the roots to it. That's a good way to, yeah. I would say Chris Hero was probably one of the first. The ones WWE to... is like, you're too fat to be here, and he's like, I'll show you fat. Yeah. He got even fatter, and they re-signed him. He's like, I told you. Yeah. So the whole indies were like, okay. Taco Bell and beer it is. Well, maybe maybe he's fat enough where they can just look at him as a fat guy now. Before, you know? Like, before he was, like, in the middle, he was, like, fat, but he wasn't, like, humongous, you know? Now they can just book him as a fat guy. <laughs> so you gotta go, you gotta really dedicate to the fat situation if you're gonna be fat. Right. Don't, either, don't either fat. Exactly. Either be, either be in shape or just be extremely fat. Yeah, you know, you got to make it a part of your gimmick. If you're gonna be fat, you got to. It's it's your gimmick, dude. Joey seems to be committing, so that's good. <laughs> there you go, there you go. Uh, Kid Osborne, how did you think he did? Did all right. I mean, all right. First notes I want to give about this too is um. Actually, I should preface this show by saying uh, I this is the first CZW show I've watched live in 2017, and the second CZW show I've watched in 2017. So, but also um the. Uh, the aerial assault match it was always a box and um the box i think sat definitely higher i think where where the people stood on the box would definitely be higher than what this little platform thing was yeah yeah this was small so that was my first uh my first observation and um i mean kid osborne did all right my overall like review of this match is i, I just don't like it when it becomes there was a point where Ariel Assault, man, they were just doing fucking silly ass moves off the top of that thing into another guy. There was like another guy, maybe two guys spotting it. When it becomes like the entire match spots everything that comes off the box, like you might as well just put a body of water there or a crash pad or something like it. It completely takes away from it. You know, um, when Teddy Hart would like fucking moonsault sky high to the floor with one guy catching him. That to me is impressive. That looks like a high flying move to me. Every time that you know they jump into you know sixteen waiting arms, I guess if eight guys are catching them, uh, it just to me it just looks like shit. I like everybody stand up and catch this guy, and then he climbs up like, look how brave I am. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? Is this guy's parents in the crowd to watch him jump off of this thing? Jesus. Yeah, I would definitely agree that the the platform was a lot shorter than usual. Um... This was half-assed, I mean, for the most part. Um, the one guy I, I thought was just not very good was that Anthony Bennett guy, the guy with the kid in play hair. Right. Um, that He didn't do anything that impressed me. He, like, uh, there was a spot where I guess he was, you know, Ace Romero was up top on, on top of the platform, and he was supposed to, like, suplex him, powerbomb him. I don't know what they were going for. Um, but that kid, he, he like, <laughs> he just, just fell, fell off. He just, like, fell off. And then I felt bad for Ace because, like, 
you know, now he's up top and now he can't do anything because there's nobody there. Nobody is laid across the table. So they either had to, you know, just completely just forget about the spot and do something, you know, different. Or uh, somebody would have had to put themselves on the table and make it look completely retarded. So he was in a tough spot, I thought. I thought it was very awkward. You know, we got a bunch of you fucked up chants, which uh, people kind of directed towards um, Ace, which I thought was kind of right. awkward for him because it wasn't really his fault. This dude botched it and just fucking fell off. Um, then again, Ace did take like the whole platform, so the guy could you know barely get on. But yeah, he had to climb down, put him on jumper on the table, and then fucking leap off it again. Yeah, and he did like a he did a swanton from the top and uh, put him through the table, which I thought was was a decent spot. Um, yeah. Overall, though, man, nothing that really stood out to me as far as this match. I mean, it was just. Probably the worst aerial assault I've ever seen. I'm not sure you probably yeah. agree. Yeah, because like I said, a lot of those spots in the past were like, oh, that was fucking crazy. Nothing is crazy about eight guys catching one guy. It's just, it's not. I, I can't I can't pop for any of that shit. It's like, you, you know, you're going to climb up top, everyone's going to stand up, and you're going to fall into them. They all fall down, and they all get up just in time for one guy to break off of the pack and climb the fucking thing, and then they jump into the... It's... It looks like way too cooperative. It shit's crazy. It's like one of those bounce U joints with the fonts. Right, very, very awkward overall. Uh, that Pandita guy, he was like super over. He's like a FMW guy. It's it's a fucking panda suit, and the guy does literally nothing. Yeah. Um, I understand he was part of the package deal, and obviously we'll get into Onita and everything. Um, because there's a ton of fucking rumors and and stuff around that whole match. But uh, I mean, obviously he was he was part of the deal for him, you know, to come as a, as a group package and uh, come with all the guys. Um, but they, I mean, come on, dude, if you're gonna select talent to bring to the states, I think like Pandita is is kind of a complete waste. And he was over as fuck with the crowd, which I was just shaking my head like just people like pandas. Yeah, I, I guess, dude. I guess pandas are are well liked animal. Yeah, these pandas are entertaining. I don't know about this guy. If one person was going to be fat in that match, you would think it would be the panda. That's true. Yeah, the panda wasn't you know? fat enough, and Ace Romero took all the weight, yeah. Pandas are generally chubby and cute, and you just had nothing but fat people and skinny pandas in this match. That is true. That Total is letdown. True. Um, we had Greg Excellent that came out, which uh, I'm sure you were probably more excited about than I was. No, no, no. No? <laughs> All right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe slightly if we were to really rank it. But believe me, I, there was no excitement in my uh, viewership here. Yeah, yeah. I just I have zero interest in seeing Greg Excellent uh, do anything in CZW anymore. No, thank you, sir. Yeah. So uh, Greg Excellent came out, and his whole gimmick here was to explain to the other fat guy that eventually the crowd – who loves him now is not going to love him anymore because that's what they did to Greg. It was like a real, you know, touching moment where he said, like, they used to love me and now they don't love me anymore and they're going to do it to you too. It's like, it's like, you know, some chick telling the, you know, the new chick about her ex. <laughs> it's fucking, it's fucking awkward. It's like, all right, dude, maybe, maybe you did something that stopped entertaining the people. Um, maybe this fucking three year gimmick where you complain about the company that he had a, a lot of hand in booking for a while. Uh, maybe that has something to do with it. I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's got to be reasons. Um, Greg, excellent for a long time. And I'll tell you from my personal um, um, 
liking of Greg Excellent. Over the years, um, you know, he had been comedically entertaining. He was definitely comedically entertaining to me. Um, but he also proved that he was a guy that can go. You know, he had a crazy ass match where Brody Lee just kicked the shit out of him. And um, then he wound up in like Tournament of Death. Um, and he had some really good matches that, you know, showed he could really fucking hang. Uh, Sammy Callahan, you know, a couple other guys that he wound up in the ring with that you're like, oh, wow, this fucking guy can go. Um, and then, yeah, had some really good tag matches when he was tagging with, uh, with uh, I think it was tag fucking or something. Um, whatever, two girls, one cup or something. But um, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, they, they were doing their thing, and uh, he's he was entertaining for a long time doing that. Um, for me, he started to go way too far down the gay route. He, he got mixed up in like those jo- those Joey Ryan matches, legitimately match with Joey Ryan, where they were like taking turns, like doing the most disgusting thing with the lollipop, and then they it would end up back in both of their mouths, and that was like the, the theme to the entire match. And then more and more, his gimmick became like not just being funny and comedic, it became more like him rubbing his chest hair on people's faces. It became like him digging in his pants and pulling something out. It, it became like this you know, like gross factor type gimmick. And I wasn't into it at all. So that's where he started to as far as um, entertainment value. Um, from there, he went to super serious. I deserve the world, Greg. And I didn't like that shit at all because although, you know, I would be the first to agree that the guy can fucking wrestle. Um, I never, ever would pin that guy as a main eventer. So as soon as he started this push, like I should be a main eventer because there's people in and out of the company revolving door. Everybody, I know this is going to sound very reminiscent of Joe Gacy's promo for later in the the show, but it's exactly what he was saying. That's why uh, the people with the Joe Gacy credit, I I can't really stand it. It's the same exact fucking thing that Greg said, but we'll get to that. Um, And, I don't know. I, I just I hated it from the start when it was like, oh, I deserve the main event, this and that. They put him over Tony Nice. They put him over um, who the fuck was the next year? Homicide, I think. Um, you know, they, they were doing stuff like that and really pushing him as if the crowd was suddenly going to go. Yeah, we want this guy to have the world title. And, and no one wanted that. So I always thought he was a solid mid Carter. But if you're going to force him to be like, no, no, he's a main eventer because he's been here a long time and he could wrestle like I don't agree, and I don't think anyone else did either. So that's where he really completely lost me, because it was a guy already had a spot spot that was denying that spot, refusing that spot, and demanding a top spot. And I, I just thought that was annoying to me. So that's that's um, how I've gone with Greg Excellent as far as everything. But I know you just didn't like him from start to finish. Yeah, I've just uh, yeah, he didn't. He's I mean, he's fat, he was fat enough. He didn't uh, bleed enough for me. <laughs> Um, I just was never a fan, dude. I'm not into like comedy wrestling. I've just never found any of it entertaining. I just don't right. care for it. But um, he got a huge get the fuck out chant, which would uh, <laughs> like I guess surprised him. It was like, dude, you've been getting that reaction for the last like two years. I don't, know. I don't really think there's any place for you anymore in CZW as much of a loyal guy as you are. And you know what, dude? It's so silly to me that all these guys say they're so, they're so loyal. You know. And it's usually the the lower you know to mid card guys on CZW that are loyal, like a Joe Gacy, like a Greg Excellent, like a Dub Boys. And uh, sorry to tell you, man, I just have a feeling it's the fact that other companies aren't booking you. That's why you're just at CZW. I don't think these guys are like turning down bookings because they're loyal. Yeah, you know? I'm gonna say the the rest of my opinions for that for the Joe Gacy thing. Otherwise, we're just gonna be saying the same thing over. But, um, yeah, I, I hear you, man. I definitely hear you. No. 
then we had the whole Dub Boys thing with uh, I don't even know what the fuck the name of the champions are, which is so ridiculous, dude. Because it's like nobody even knows who the champions are. And they, they should rename them. I don't know these white niggas because yeah. that's how I was introduced <laughs> to them on my pay per view feed. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knows. That, dude. Nobody knows. <laughs> they were like introducing themselves. Like, we're your world cha- tag team champions. It's like, oh, cool, dude. I've never, never heard of you. Yeah, yeah. Zero interest. In don't give a fuck. Yeah, but I so, guess I just thought it was silly because if you counted up, there was a total of three disgruntled CZW employee angles on the same show. You had Greg, you had the Dub Boys or Rep or whatever they're called, and you had uh, uh, Joe Gacy. And all three of them have like a gripe with like, why aren't you doing something for me? And it's like, could you just spread it out? Like maybe not all on the same show or maybe you should form a faction and then it would make sense that they all have a problem. Uh, It's just crazy as hell. And the other thing that was silly is they, they called these guys out. They stood there like, yeah, we want this and that. And then Maven comes out and they yell at him for a minute. And then he says, "Yeah, I'm your boss, and you're gonna have a you're gonna have a tag match at uh, down with the sickness next month. I think against a private party, and then the winner of that'll get a title shot. When I don't know. Um, but then they start yelling like, make me leave while they're just like leaving. <laughs> like they're, <laughs> they're not making like a stand like you're not moving me. Yeah. He's walking up the entrance ramp to leave going, make me leave. It's like, we kind of don't have to. You're already doing that right. shit. Like <laughs> one foot out the door. Yeah. Uh, you just put up your hands. Like you have the force and be like, I'm making you leave. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, he's fucking leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. As far as dope boys, dude, I have just, zero fucking interest man i still give a shit about it and if, yeah. if they're going against uh the rczw champions that we don't know the name of uh i just that's a match that i'll, I'll i probably won't ever watch i just i don't care man yeah i mean i i personally think the guys got a lot better um i mean again if you're gonna jump from got a lot better hey that was a pretty good match to we deserve the fucking world it's like uh, and like they're yelling about we we deserve a title shot we deserve we've been all the here all this time i'm pretty sure they got a bunch of title shots haven't yeah they? they did they got a ton of them yeah <laughs> so it's not like that's been held back from them for all these years they haven't gotten a title shot at the new champs that the home crowd hasn't even seen yet. So, I mean, give them a fucking break about title shots. They haven't even been to the building. Right. And they've, they've had the titles for like three months now. And yeah. we still haven't met them. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy as hell. They just about sold the belt on eBay. I, I think that's pretty much what CZW did. <laughs> they, they can. Nobody would know because we won't see them for the next fucking six months. Six months. Yeah, someone could just, you know, Skype in and like a, a video saying like, yeah, I still got those belts. And be like, oh, I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, then we had a CZW Wire Championship match. Another guy that won the title not at a CZW show. So first time, I guess, seeing this guy with this title. Uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And uh, he defeated John Silver to retain the title. I know uh, you enjoyed this match. I thought it was a good match. I mean, it was not It was basically what I expected. Both guys are pretty talented. Um, again, for this card, man, I just... I don't know, man. I look at a fucking Beyond Wrestling that did a show that drew way less people. They had the Hit Squad, Rapengi Vice, you know, guys like John Morrison and and so forth, Phoenix and Pentagon. I just thought for for this much money going to this show, this was going to be like a fucking like super card. And uh, for um, what we got, it wasn't really happening. This this match I liked a lot. I think the, um, 
John Silver is gold. Um, I, I liked Beaver Boys, but I was never that big of a fan of Alex Reynolds. He's all right, but I think he's he's just all right. I don't think he's he's awesome. And um, a lot of times, too, they used like the, uh, no pun intended, they used the hot tag for John Silver because he would come in like a house of fire and clear the fucking ring and have the crowd going nuts. They would let uh, Reynolds just get like the shit kicked out of him for a while until like the big hero, John Silver, would come flying in the ring and then all the cool shit would happen, you know, like he was launching people across the ring and this and that. But overall, I think he's gotten way better because um, a lot of his gimmick then was just doing that that ring toss deal. Like he would just keep doing that. He keep grabbing people, tossing them, you know, and it, I mean, maybe because it was a tag match, it always kind of limited him, you know, to what he even had to do in the match. Cause it was spread out more. Um, but I think he's, he's really, you know, rounded into an exciting performer altogether. And, uh, the dude, I mean, he's got crazy ass kicks. I mean, he might be short, but the motherfucker is jacked and he kicks the shit out of people. Um, and, uh, overall, I, I just think he's entertaining. Uh, he cut a promo against, uh, um, what the fuck's his name? JT uh, Dunn. JT Dunn. That's it. I was trying to, I was thinking of his, his Facebook real name and I'm like, that's not going to translate. So, uh, JT Dunn, he, he cut a promo against him for a match that they had at beyond. I, I'm sure it happened already or whatever, but, um, but yeah, you know, he's telling me, you know, you, you got a shitty little chest <laughs> and you're like a shitty version of Chris hero. And it was entertaining cause he was fired up and he was being funny and, you know, to me, it came across as a good promo. We'll we'll throw that in there, uh, so you guys can hear that. Yeah, I think um, he's a super charismatic guy too. You know, he's like he's a funny dude. Like, yeah. <clears throat> so I think that that always helps. Where do you see him like landing on the card? Do you think he's going to be like a mid card guy? Can you see him getting to the top, becoming like an actual CZW champion if they book him month to month? Um, do you see that kind of potential in him? I think he can be if he's booked. I mean, you could definitely see him in a match against Strickland or, you know, whoever. And, you know, I think he could definitely hang. He could definitely work. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, he was on an Impractical Jokers, dude. I don't know if you ever saw that. There was a dodgeball episode. And, uh, the, like, the penalty was, like, they had to get pelted with the dodgeballs. And he was one of the dodgeball players. I did not know that. Random THT Yakuza trivia. There you go. I did not know that. Yeah, no, he's talented though. I, I do like yeah, him like over him. over Reynolds. I thought uh, Reynolds was okay, but um, he's definitely more talented. I, I mean, I'd like to see him month in and month out. I mean, especially with the roster that they have now, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, yeah, dude, he's better than like ninety nine percent of your fucking workers. But um, I've never been like the biggest fan. But I mean, I have no problem with this match. I thought uh, I really like that that Friedman guy Feinstein. Yeah, the uh, Feinstein kid is good too. Yeah, I really like him. I think his gimmick uh, gimmick works. I like his his vignettes that he records and puts mm-hmm. on his Facebook and all that. So I mean, the guy's dedicated. I think he's he's definitely building his character, and uh, I enjoyed it. So not not too much to complain about when this with this match. Yeah, he's a good guy to have the wired title. Um, he's another guy that can go any way they want to book him because he's he's versatile. He seems like he could really fucking work. He's got the you know the personality, charisma, and all of that shit. So I mean, they could push that guy towards the world title in the future if they want to. I mean. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a solid guy to have on the card, I think. And, um, just no complaints about this booking, this match. Yeah. I think, uh, a guy like MJF going against like a Masada would, would be like fucking awesome and awesome. Cause people just imagine him selling like skewers, you know, yeah. screaming and crying and shit, like going under the ring, hiding. I, I think that guy, you know, you can do a lot with him. So, uh, hopefully they invest in Cause he's blowing up, man. He's doing a lot of shit. He's doing, you know, beyond and fucking uh going to california and 
I think like England and all kinds of shit. So another guy that they're that they're probably going to invest in as soon as they can because that's a, that's another guy that's going to get signed eventually. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, next match, which was uh, I would want to say that the one of the biggest letdowns on this whole card for me was uh the Storm of Entrails, Dan O'Hare and Schlack defeated the Awakening, which was a uh, Stockade and G Raver, and uh. They went against Red Guy, which was a uh, Yaguchi, Gucci Man, and uh, Hideki Hosaka, which was uh, a yeah. Mr. Pogo's son. Oh boy, uh, I don't even know where to start with this one, man. Storm of Trails. I mean, as much as I, I didn't like O'Hare before, I think the guy's pretty decent. Schlack is just fucking gold. To see yeah. Schlack just being wasted, just absolute, absolute waste of Schlack. You look at Schlack against Nate Hatred from last weekend and see what he can do, and uh, this is what you do with him in a match. Like it's just fucking, just I don't know, man. There was nothing that that was too insane. Um, I like the G Raver like a uh, double knee stomp to the outside to the chairs. Um, I thought that was a good move. Uh, not too much, not too much blood. Not I mean, just not too much of really anything. Just some some closet doors and what you kind of expect from this match. Yeah, I I didn't like this match. Uh, I think the the guys from Japan were completely unimpressive. They, uh, you know, it was just like, yeah, you got to book these guys if you're booking me. Uh, I don't think that was like the top talent in Japan. If they were, they they surely didn't show up to blow the fucking roof off. They weren't like, yeah, because you would think like if you bring like a couple you know younger guys or whatever, and I I don't even know how long these guys have been wrestling, but uh. If you brought in a couple younger guys with Onita, like you would think in their mindset would be like they don't even fucking know me. They just know I'm with him, but wait till they see what I can fucking do. You know what I mean? You would think that that's how you'd enter the United States. Like let let me fucking show you what the fucking new the new uh you know face of FMW is or whatever. I, I don't know. I just Red Guy sucks. Um, yeah, he's actually an older guy. Um. I had seen him before. I didn't realize it was him because he, he wasn't doing like the red, you know, face paint and shit. Um, I'm not too familiar with him, but I know he's been around for a while. So he's not like one of those young guys. I think Pogo's son has been around for a while too. None of them were like necessarily young guys. I think uh, the youngest one was probably you know Pandita. But yeah, uh, how old do you know that? <laughs> I mean, he's yeah. under a panda suit. Guy could be 80 for all we know. Well, judging from like you know his his fucking, you could you could kind of see his face, you know, being there in person. Um, he didn't okay. look like he was like super old or anything, you know. Yeah, I know with some animals you gotta check their teeth and stuff to see how old they are. You know, something. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, you think Kevin Steen? Really you think Kevin Owens was a fan of this? Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I can't imagine anyone was a fan of that. But well, he loves pants. Who knows? Yeah, he does. He does. Um, anything at all that stood out to you with this match? Any cool spots? Anything? Because I just. It was such a letdown for me, man, because I've grown to expect so much from a Schlack match scene at GCW that when I see him in CZW, it's like, oh, boy, it just doesn't. And, again, it's it's nothing against Schlack. It's just what they let him do and what they don't let him do, you know? Um, I'm yeah. sure he would have he would have loved to go down there and fucking do a GCW match and kill it. Yeah. Um, but, no, he's in a fucking, like, six-man tag team match. Yeah, to me it seemed like a waste. Um, it was funny, too, because I was watching – I brought in my twins to watch a couple matches with me um before they went to bed crystal's really into it they're they're seven seven and crystal's really into it jada will like hang for a little bit but she gets like easily occupied by other things and starts like fidgeting and like figuring out what else she could do going on her tablet whatever 
But uh, Crystal gets like really into it, starts asking questions and stuff. So she was pretty interested, but like, why? You know, w- w- what's with the doors? Like, is that a real door? Like, <laughs> what's going on? So if you want to know who's actually impressed by door spots, the answer is seven year olds. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I honestly, I don't even mind the doors that much. It's just they don't, they just didn't do much, you know. And the Japanese guys, you know, as much as. I, and I am totally biased with Onita, you know, because he's like one of my fucking favorite wrestlers. Like, I'm totally, absolutely biased with mm-hmm. him. But I got to say, man, these guys fucking sucked. They weren't good, you know? Like, I love FMW. One of the biggest FMW marks. These guys aren't good. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Just because you were sporting an FMW shirt. Like, that was cool, but, like, it's weren't very good, you know? And I've done some research on, on their YouTube clips from, you know, actual FMW. They do the mm-hmm. same thing. It's 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 a kick, kick, punch, you know? Um, promotion now. They're, they really don't have too many guys doing anything. It's kick, kick, punch, punch, you know, explosive barbed wire bat, and Japanese people go crazy. But let's be honest, though. Like, you know, did you say, like, you're an FMW, Mark? Does that mean, like, when they rebrand some shit or restart some shit up, it's, it's the same thing and you should have some loyalty to it? I mean, you know, to be old school FMW, you know, Onita, Mr. Pogo, you know, all of that crazy shit, you know, Megumi Kudo, like, all, all the crazy shit they used to do. Um, I, I mean, can you really just lump that in the same thing? It's like, you know, when they, they've done all these like ECW rehashes, can you go like, well, I'm an ECW mark, so I must have to like this ECW rehash. Like, eh, it's not really the same thing. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm, I'm biased towards their product now. I'm saying I'm biased mm-hmm. when it comes to Onita and the main event. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. a little more biased right. towards that. Um, yeah. the relaunch of FMW has been absolutely shit. I mean, I, I can't get behind that, dude. It's, it's a shindy. Um, they're not right. drawing what they did. FMW used to draw um, fifty five thousand people, you know. Which I, yeah. you know, Mike Johnson, uh, he was there, and uh, he wrote a article. Which, if any any long time listeners that have been listening to the hot tag, they'll, they know I'm not a big Mike Johnson fan, and he's clearly not a fan of mine. But uh, I got to give the dude credit. He was he was being perfectly uh, fair, and I thought he uh, he pointed out some good things. But you know, FMW back in the day, fifty five thousand. You look at an FMW house now, you got maybe like. 800 people, maybe. Yeah. It's essentially a shindy now, to be honest with you. It's a shindy in Japan. You know? Hmm. Like, New Japan is, is the big promotion. Big Japan does help. It's it's not FMW. No one's going out there looking for FMW. Especially when there's no originals, you know? Like, Pogo's dead. Hayabusa's dead. You know, they have Pogo's son, who sucks, who gives a fuck. You know? You know? They find all Tony Myers really nice. You know Tony Myers, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've interacted with him a little bit, a little bit online. Probably not great interactions, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I know him. He's not, you know, exactly like nice, nice dude. Yeah, like nice dude, but like, I mean, who who the fuck wants to see him wrestle? You know, and and for Leatherface, like it just looks like a cheap gimmick. It it looks shitty. Mm -hmm. It looks like a shindy version of Leatherface. Like, when SWF does Leatherface, that's what you would expect. Not from <laughs> FMW, the, the guys that had the, you know, the original. Right. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, in CZW, like, who would ever know about, like, just writing three letters to uh, pretend like there's something different, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> right. Ironic. <laughs> Who would ever use the name of a company to uh, continue their fan base despite not being anything like it used to be? That's weird. Yeah. That's strange. Never, never heard of that before. Never no, heard of like, that before. like nothing else that I've heard of. <laughs> no, no. Pun, <laughs> in, pun intended. Uh, 
Yeah, man. I mean, this match was an absolute disappointment. Um, yeah. And you know what, dude? I, I got to give it to Stockade. I, I usually don't like Stockade at all. He, did you see the one bump he did? I thought that was real impressive when they pulled um, his yeah. leg on the turnbuckle. Locks. Yeah, on the turnbuckle. I really like that. I thought uh, when he... Uh, um, no, I don't think it was on the block. Was it on the blocks? Um, they, they pulled his foot from the top rope. And then he fell on his back and hit the turnbuckle, and then he just like landed face first onto chairs or, or the side oh, okay. blocks. I don't remember, but uh, the way he bounced off, I thought I thought it was a real smooth, uh, you know, transition from from move to move. I thought the guy did did, did okay, and yeah. uh, he does a ton of fucking cinder block shit, man. I mean, that's a guy that yeah, that's crazy I would, shit. Yeah, I would tell him to probably stop because I mean, I don't know if he was just like a really clumsy construction worker, you know, <laughs> previous to this, and it's just like ah, I fall on blocks all the time. Fucking yeah. bring him on, like I don't know, no. uh, like a really bad Mason. <laughs> he was just like ah, whatever, fucking fall on blocks. Yeah, you know, he's he's typically the guy to take the center blocks, and he's he he takes them back first, man. He's done some brutal shit, so uh, pro- probably relax, man. You don't want to be fifty years old. Known for doing, you know, like ten shindy shows with cinder blocks, and now you have to sit in a wheelchair for the rest of your life because of it. You know, not not really worth it. I've never heard the sentence. I got to give it to Stockade. So once in a lifetime, indeed. <laughs> once in a lifetime, absolutely, absolutely, man. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But um, I want to see if there was anything else that that came in between. This is uh. I think it was was it after this that Joe Gacy came out, or which match was that there? Shit, I no, yeah, that was after I think Masada and Strickland, which is the next match. Uh, Shane Strickland defeated Masada <clears throat> to retain the CZW World Heavyweight Champion, and uh, right. as uh, as happy as he is, and as goofy and fucking silly as he gets during his entrance, I gotta give it to him. He, he fucking killed it. It was a good match, probably the match yeah. of the night, if not uh, the Leo Rush and Janela. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, this was awesome. I, I really wish you'd get off of this fucking hating Shane Strickland gimmick because, uh, I mean, he kills it. I mean, I, I saw the, uh, whatever, no holds barred, falls count anywhere match against Sammy Callahan and that uh, Wrestle Circus thing. And you know, same thing. The dude goes all over the place. He does crazy fucking spots. He's legit in the ring. I mean, maybe he smiles. I, I don't know. I, I just, but, uh, yeah, this this was great. I mean, Masada played the big bad motherfucker he is. You know, Masada can go in the ring for people who think he's just a deathmatch guy. This is the type of match you need to watch because he hung with Strickland on so much shit. And he, he, you know, continued to play his role of the fucking badass. You know, he hit Strickland with a chop and, you know, he bumped to it. You know, I mean, that's one of those things. And again, you got to give Strickland credit because, uh, you know, not to break down kayfabe or anything but if you're bumping for a chop you're working fucking hard out there you know what i mean like there's people that don't want to bump at all and this guy's bumping for a strike let's that's yeah that's some good shit um but yeah overall i think it was awesome um yeah he took the skewers that's definitely where my seven-year-old went what <laughs> like is that actual blood like yeah yeah he's all right though i bet you he's gonna win this match it's all sure enough yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised he took the skewers. I, I knew it was coming. Um, he's taken some crazy shit before, and he's taken the, the panes of glass and all kinds of shit. So, yeah, um, he'll be one of those guys that's super versatile. So he, he can go out there and, uh, you know, do different matches with all kinds of different guys. He can kill it out there with Matt Tremont in a death match, and he can mm-hmm. go out there with Joey and kill it. You know, so, yeah. <clears throat> I'll give yeah. the guy credit. But uh, one thing I <clears throat> one thing I noticed in this match, not sure if you saw this, but um. I think uh, it was a big, big boot 
and uh, completely connected with Masada. Like fucking, I thought he broke the dude's nose because he fucking kicked the shit out of him, and he yeah. saw all of that. And uh, Masada, dude, he started getting real stiff. You could tell he got pissed off, and yeah. uh, he fucking started just beating the shit out of him. I don't know how that came across on on TV. I didn't watch the the feed, but um, I didn't notice it like per se, you know, because of a kick or whatever. I mean, I didn't. I probably didn't notice that kick maybe as much as you did. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was being stiff with him, which is again, that's great. I mean, you, Masada's a good measuring stick because you know if he's up against someone who you're not so sure about, you know, he's going to beat the shit out of him in one way or another. It's not going to be an easy match for that other guy. You know what I mean? And uh, and it's going to look legit. It's going to be look like. That guy's in there with someone who's fucking tough, and they're going to bring it. So, you know, again, I I think it's a really good matchup. I think they delivered 100%. And it made a shitload of sense the way even it, it went over and Strickland winning. It it made sense. It didn't, you know, it didn't come across like, how the fuck could he beat Masada? Like, you know, he worked the arm. He, he really, it, you know, made it completely legitimate. Uh, Next, after this, we had uh, Joe Gacy come out. Yeah. Um, with Larry Legend, which uh, how long has it been since Larry's been back? I, I don't know. I don't even watch wrestling. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it, it's <laughs> been that long. I don't think it's been as long as people think. Cause he was back for Zandig, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, he came back for Zandig. It hasn't been that long. Um, Larry Legend came back, and I mean, he kind of teased it on his uh, social media, saying, you know, like no one's gonna mess with me coming back to CZW and you know doing my job. So like him saying that, you're like, eh, well, someone's gonna beat him up or something. Um, so Joe Gacy came out and basically, uh, and I'll let you take this away because it's, it's kind of the rest of your rant from, uh, the stem from, um, yeah. you know, Greg excellent. Uh-huh. But, uh, well, Joe Gacy came out with a bunch of, I guess, fucking students in, in those stupid ass masks. Like those shits don't look fucking crazy. That, that doesn't look impressive. It, it looks silly. So they all come out in those fucking masks and, uh, stand there like they're fucking, you know ominous or whatever so they get in the ring and uh gacy's standing there and uh yeah at some point he rips larry legend's shirt off and puts him through the fucking uh a barbed wire board which you know all right so then he gets on the mic and he starts cutting a fucking promo about revolving doors and i'm telling you if you go back and find i don't remember what show it was from but i was actually at that show so it had to been over a year ago because i stopped going a while ago um but greg cut a promo saying that this place is nothing but revolving doors and people who find greener pastures and go the first place that calls them. And um, he said the sentence like, I need all you boys in the back to crowd around the screen and listen to what I have to say. Like, it's exactly what Joe Gacy said. Like, Gacy said the same shit where he's like, everybody in the back crowd around the screen and, da, 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 and pay attention. Like, same exact shit. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Greg handed him a piece of paper before he fucking walked out there. Like, it, it was fucking silly. But to what Shaheen was saying, yes, revolving doors. And <sighs> Gacy's been posting this silly shit. I'm ending the revolving doors in CZW. It's like, well, what are you going to do? Make people not succeed? And the other thing is, yeah, if they called your fucking phone, you wouldn't go, no, I'm a CZW guy, bro. You keep your fucking money. Who the fuck is going to do that? No, Gacy is not being called by PWG. Gacy is not being called by fucking Evolve, by Ring of Honor, by any of these places. And if he is, it, it's a one and done deal because he's local or whatever the case is. Um, he, he worked that House of Glory match and was immediately posted on the Internet how I own the state of New York now. It's like, dude, 
You don't even know how to conduct yourself. And the thing with Gacy is he completely ruined how I feel about him by the way he acts online. He acts like a teenage girl, like an emo teenage girl. And he argues with fans and just acts like he has no idea why people aren't, you know, cheering him and why he, he's not being given better opportunities and this and that. And like in the past, the dude's always been a hard worker. But when you portray yourself that way and like that title run was the most despicable title run ever. I mean, they gave the title to like, I mean, Niles Young's had the title and that went down a million times better than Gacy's title run. Uh, Nick Burke had the title for like fucking 30 seconds and then Tajiri beat him and then Tajiri lost the title. And uh, I mean, all of these things happened and it paled in comparison to him holding the title and doing the shit he did on Facebook. It's fucking ridiculous. But you know, the, to come in the ring and, and it, to be the cool thing to be like, I'm a CZW guy while everybody else looks for greener pastures. Like seriously, NXT calls you next week and you're going to tell them to fuck themselves. That's not happening. It's not happening at all. So I don't think it's a cool gimmick. I don't think it's like, yeah, it should be really over. And then he fucking piggybacks off the thing that, you know, we all pointed out like, yeah, they took the barbed wire out of the logo. He's like, you take the barbed wire out of logo and I'll put your fucking announcers through barbed wire. And it's like, <laughs> okay, that's going to change everything. I mean, you can see the way that the rest of the card went. It, you're not revolutionizing anything. Like you're not turning CZW back deathmatch based and you're not, not putting the edge back in CZW. And you can see many other things on the card that are proof of that. Gacy didn't come running in and go, this is bullshit. You know, when fucking Leo and, and Joey are fucking making out in the middle of the ring after their match, he didn't come running in and be like, enough of that bullshit. This is CCW. I want the edge back. He's like, you know what I mean? Everybody's fucking chummy and it's all a big love fest. And, and that's a big part of where the fucking edge went. N- not so much like, okay, yeah, they took the barbed wire out of the logo, but come on. I mean... There's so much more to it. Now we're going to make it an angle, even more so just taunting the fans that loved what it used to be. It's just asinine. But uh, uh, <clears throat> I'm glad you mentioned that because I thought from like a like a booking standpoint, by the way, I'm not, I'm not a fucking booker. I'm not, it's just common sense shit, dude. He came out and he's supposed to be a heel. He's healing it up saying, you know, I'm, I'm a loyal guy and you guys don't respect me and this, that, and a third. And then he's, he does a, like a halfway baby face thing where he's like, Oh, you guys took the barbed wire out of the logo. I'm going to put the barbed wire back into it. And the crowd pops right. for it. So you're like completely just confusing the shit out of people. And then, you know, I'm I'm GA, so I'm like right by the entrance and shit. Then when he's leaving, he's like slapping hands with everybody when he's going through the crowd, you know? Right. Um, by the concession stands and shit. And I'm just like, well, you're trying to be a heel, but you're slapping hands and putting the barbed wire back in a, into ultraviolet. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know what he's going for. The other thing I forgot to bring up, the the other point I had as far as his silly little promo went is he said, uh, I look around in the locker room and I don't even know anyone back there. There's none of the guys back there that I know that that have been here and this and that. All right. Well, let's start with you feuded with Tim Donce. You feuded with Shane Strickland and you feuded with Greg Excellent. You've had quite a few matches with Masada. Uh, John Silver was former tag champ. Um, in Dojo Wars, where you've told the fans, like, if I ever say anything about any fans, I'm not talking about you guys. That's another cute little fucking internet thing he put out there. You know, like, the Dojo Wars crowd loves him, so, you know, he's not talking about you guys. 
All right. So what I was saying was, um, you know, Joe Gacy loves the Dojo Wars guys. And, you know, he really praises Dojo Wars as a product, as a place he loves to be and this and that. And a quarter of the card, you know, well, not a quarter of the card, but a lot of Dojo Wars guys are on the card, including Ace Austin. And, and that reminds me, we didn't get to the Tim Donst Ace Austin match, which um, I, I only kind of remembered on accident. So, um Two minutes and 22 seconds, so I guess it still falls into something he's into. He got really happy about that. Uh, I don't know. He had, like, a shirt on instead of NWO, it said TWO. Yeah. And on the back, it's, like, the Austin shirt. Yeah. But it said, you know, like, two seconds. Yeah, dude, I, I don't give a shit about Ace Austin or uh, Tim Donst at all. Sorry. Yeah, not even two seconds of interest. Um, no, not at all. Honestly, dude, uh, Ace Austin, I know he's, like, a younger kid, man, but, I mean... I haven't been really impressed by him, like, at all. I think he's one of the better students. I really do. From, like, the work that I've seen him do in the ring and stuff, obviously he's not been given any kind of, you know, matches to shine. He's kind of just thrown out there with, you know, a guy who's supposed to beat him in record time and shit like that, you know, while they spotlight Jimmy Lloyd. But uh, I don't think he's that terrible. I think he's one of the better students. I mean, if we're going to give another student some kind of leeway and say, hey, he's a... He's a young kid. I don't think he's that bad. Yeah. And again, I'm not saying the guy is a, you know, completely like absolutely just the worst thing I've ever seen or anything like that. Um just all in all, of course, he's he's a younger guy. He's only probably like 19, 20. Um he's Jimmy's age. Um I'm sure he has potential. Maybe, you know, he'll step it up and maybe in 5 years he'll be great. I don't know. Uh Joey Janela is a zebra kid then really entertained me back in the day and, you know, he's like one of my favorites right now. So you never you never know. But uh, I think I think that wraps it up for the whole Gacy segment and the Tim Donst and the um, Ace Austin kid. Uh, let's get into I guess that the final chapter to Joey Janela and Leo Rush. Um, I think they've had five matches altogether, and honestly, I think it deserves a DVD, man. I know it's only five matches, but they've had a tremendous feud, and you know I'm I'm very happy and proud to say that I got to witness every single one of them live, and um. It was an experience, and this added to the spectacle that, you know, whatever you want to say about Once in a Lifetime, it was a spectacle. Uh, Leo Rush's last match, you got Onita. Um, cool entrance with Leo Rush. You know, Joey Janela and him have great fucking chemistry, put on some of the best matches that we've seen in the past few years, and um, they absolutely tore it down, man. I mean, I wouldn't say it's their best match that they've had necessarily, um, I think the Down with the Sickness ladder match was probably their best work. And uh, second best match is probably the one that Joey Janela um, took the belt off of Leo Rush. I'm not sure if the, that was the one like Cage of Death or not. I can't remember. But um, overall, they, they definitely delivered, man. I know there's like a thousand and one spots to uh, get into with the whole match. But overall, I mean, they, they sure as fuck did not disappoint, man. It was a... Great fucking match and a, and a great send off for uh, Leo, you know. Yeah, there was a lot of crazy shit. Um, I, I really liked the match. They went overboard, you know. They they did what they always do. They always go just like way overboard. I mean, from I think it was like their first match for like no fucking reason. Like Joey like suplexed Leo to the floor like from the fucking apron. It was like right. there was like no reason. I don't even think they were full blown feuding yet. And they just started doing like nutty fucking shit with each other. So they've always had this chemistry that I guess they have you know, a lot of trust in each other and this and that. And the shit that they do in the ring together is just fucking crazy. I mean, just just really over-the-top fucking holy shit bumps. And, uh, yeah, I, they definitely brought it in this match. Um, 
it was funny to me because this is another one, you know, I'm, I'm watching, uh, this is the last match that I watched, uh, you know, with my daughter. And I said, uh, yeah, I had the, the stream going through the computer, but then, you know, on my TV. And, uh, I said, you know, that, that one guy is going to be on TV and she's like, well, he's on our TV right now. <laughs> and I said, well, no, not like, not like this TV. And she's like, you mean like the one in the living room? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I just, I just thought it was hilarious. Cause I'm trying to explain to her that, you know, he's going to be on, no, he's going to be wrestling like on TV where you could really watch. And it's like, he, that's what's happening. Like right now. Like, what are you, what are you even talking about? So it was like a foreign concept to her, but I just thought it was hilarious. Cause I had no, no way to really fully explain it to her. But, um, yeah, you know, they started doing, they did a lot of, uh, you know, Triple H moves and shit. That seemed to be the theme that they were going with the pedigree and the sledgehammer came into play and all that. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. And um, overall, I think this was a great match to send Leo off with. Um, you know, with Joey, I mean, I keep saying it. I really don't care who likes it or who doesn't. I mean, he, he clearly doesn't give a fuck what he looks like. But um, I, I don't know how someone who works so fucking hard in the ring and takes such incredible bumps and, and puts in so much fucking effort in the ring is completely content with just looking like a fat toddler. I, I have no idea why that's that's okay to him. Yeah. But um, again, I, I blame Chris Hero. <laughs> Blame it all on Chris Hero, man. You got to choose a side. Whether uh, just skinny can't be skinny fat or just fat. You got to you got to choose a side. But um, one thing that was uh, I guess controversial about this uh, this match in particular was what would give Jim Cornette a heart attack. Which I actually tagged Jim Cornette in this. Hopefully he sees this because uh, I'd love to hear his reaction on his podcast. But uh, Joey Janela and Leo Rush they had a huge ladder in the ring where they reach almost a ceiling. And um, Joey Janela did like a like a standing power bomb um, from almost the top of the ladder, right by the ceiling, through two tables. And uh, Leo Rush just no sold the fuck out of him, man. It was like it, it almost made him stronger. It gave him like superpowers, you know. It's like one of those Japanese tables. Just uh, fucking, I, I don't know, man. I, it didn't necessarily rub me the wrong way, but I can certainly see why um, it would bother a lot of people, and it did. Honestly, it did bother a lot of people. I mean, I'm not one of the people that are really sensitive to high spots and no selling and that type of stuff because, you know, I mean, I love the old like Masawa and, um, you know, Kobashi, Masawa, Kawada matches where they would drop each other on their fucking head back to back. And, you know, you get like a no sold fucking German on their fucking head. And then the dude would either pop up and return the the fucking German or, you know, uh, Saido suplex to the other dude, or he'd fucking catch another one for fucking no selling. Yeah. I mean, like it was just, that was like the shit they were doing. And sometimes it'd be like the most brutal fucking thing ever. And the dude would just pop up and fucking yell at the other guy. And, you know, it was followed by more brutality and more brutality. And, you know, some of these super kicks have been no sold and stuff. And none of it's really bothered me. I'm not saying like this fucking ruined my night, but, um, I, I didn't like it. I mean, power bomb off the ladder through a fucking table. I don't know that I want you to pop right the fuck up off of that. You know, if you want to kick out at one and shit, like, uh, all right, you know, but I don't know if I need you to kip up off the fucking table. You know, it just, it seemed like a little bit fucking much. And it killed the business chant is, I guess, funny in one way, but it's it's gotten to that point. Like, there's no secret about it. You guys are doing something way fucking off, um, off the, the beaten path. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, all the silly stuff with uh, Joey... Um, for the most part, I mean, he was doing some of it before then, but uh, over WrestleMania weekend when he did the Joey Janela Spring Break with Game Changer, 
I think once they realize that the silliness of bringing Dink in and having him face all these old timers that can you know barely move in a wheelchair, um, necessarily like he doesn't have to do as much as he used to. You know, it's I'm not saying he's like lazy or anything, but I think he has fun doing the silly shit, and um, that's kind of become his gimmick where you know a lot of the stuff is people just just believe it. You know, just because it's Joey Janela doing it. Um, and again, you know, the teenage boys, the the seventy percent of the fan base is a teenage boy, so it's believable, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know how you sell that as believable, you know, through. I mean, all of Joey's fans are, are teenage boys, according to him. So how are you gonna sell it to these teenage boys that like they're gonna yell like, "Get the fuck up!" Like you take a bump and they're like, "You have the ability to pretend like that didn't happen." Just fucking like, come on, Joey, what the fuck? You know, like I know, I know Leo was the guy that no sold it, but you know what I mean. Like, if it becomes a thing, and man, we will get it. Remind me, let's talk about that uh, that dollar bill shit in Wrestle Circus too, because it, it kind of falls into the line of this too, where it just, to me, it takes away from uh, like any kind of structure to a match. It just becomes like, all right, well, you know, sometimes we'll just completely treat that move like it didn't happen, and other times we'll lay there like we're dead. Um, and if right. the fans start to like one thing more than another, again, they, they chant kill the business, kill the business, which is, yeah, it's funny and everything. But if that becomes like a thing, like Joey goes like, I'm going to make them chant that shit again. So now he's going to do some more over the top. Doesn't make sense type of shit just so he could get the fans to react that type of way. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times in wrestling, it's like if you encourage bad behavior, the shit will never fucking end. Hence like the Joey Ryan dick spots. Um, right. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I always – I'm fine with anything. I mean, at this point, I don't fucking watch wrestling. But, um, I, you know, I, I just feel like if it starts something that's never-ending, then that sucks. I mean, a one-time thing for anything is, like, who gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly hope it doesn't become a, a, a part of his gimmick where, you know, he's trying to, quote-unquote, kill the business. I don't think I don't think that's a good idea. I personally, I'm, I, I wouldn't be a big fan of it. I didn't have a problem with it on this show, but uh, I just don't want to see it every show. Um, one quick little note that I want to make is, is I thought it was actually pretty stupid of Leo to no sell this because obviously the guy's going to NXT. You got, you know, old timers who are going to be training this guy, you know, guys like Steven Regal, um, that obviously probably watched this match and I wouldn't be surprised if they took, took offense to it. You know, probably when they see him, Hey man, uh, what the fuck were you doing last match? You know, you gotta, you gotta sell here. You can't do that. They're kind of old school. They're basically going to pull them aside and be like, don't ever fucking do that. <laughs> don't yeah. ever fucking do that. Make that be the last time you ever did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. Exactly. I mean, you know, they're, they're not going to allow that type of shit there, but. Yeah. I mean, like I said, there's a, there's a ton of, you know, older guys and I know it's 2017 and, uh, you know, but they're still in that old school mentality. I'm sure they have a lot of respect for the business guys like Steven Regal that went through, you know, wrestling and carnivals and shit. Um, they probably don't appreciate guys coming out there and taking power bombs and suplexes from from fucking uh, ladders and going through chairs and staircases and fucking tables, all kinds of shit, and just no selling it and just getting up like a Power Ranger, you know. Um, so I think that probably rubs them the wrong way, but I did like the finish when they said that, you know, they'll fight forever, kind of like the Kevin Steen and El Generico thing in NXT and WWE. Um, I thought that was a nice touch, Joey coming out there and saying, this won't be the last time we're going to fight forever. I thought that was a nice touch and I, I, I would love to see them, um, kind of revisit this feud in, in NXT and I'm sure DJ would love to lend, uh, Vince McMahon a helping hand by giving him some of the CZW footage. 
to hold on to. But uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm sure we'll see this in NXT one day, sooner than later. Uh, again, I really think Joey's got to do some shit where his body gets in better shape or he's got to go full hero. You know, he's just one of the two things got to happen. I think you're starting to see Joey's weight in his face. Uh, he has zero muscle tone, uh, at least on TV. I don't know. I haven't seen him live in a long time. But uh, as far as on screen, I-, I see zero muscle tone in the dude. And like I said, he could work his fucking ass off. I just don't know how that translates to a bigger company going, all right, well, you clearly take this shit seriously. I mean, look at the guy who's across the ring from him. Leo's fucking chiseled. Like, the fucking dude is busting his ass in the gym to look that way, I'm sure. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like Joey's got to do something, act like he cares, you know, beyond just working hard in the ring. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh, let's take a quick uh, little five-minute break for the live listeners, and uh, we'll be back to talk some Onita. Motherfucking Onita. Fucking Onita in the States. When we come back, we'll talk about Onita for sure. We'll be back. Yeah, well, you you say fucking Onita. And after this, I'm like, fuck Onita. So we definitely have different perspectives. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's true, man. We'll we'll be back in a few minutes and uh, we'll carry on with the rest of the show. Once in a lifetime when we come back. The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Alright, and we are back. The Hot Tag and Yakuza Kick Radio. Uh, I am Shaheen, joined along with uh, J-Cat Morris over there. And we're going to be talking about Once in a Lifetime, the main event with Onita. Uh, Jay, overall, your thoughts. I know we're going to be uh, on different sides over here because uh, you know I'm obviously going to play Devil's Advocate. I'm, I'm a little biased towards Onita. Um, and obviously, you know, you're... You have your thoughts, so uh, let's get into it. Onita absolutely wasn't it was a spectacle to me, but I'm gonna pass it off to you, man. I want to get your thoughts first, and then uh, I'll obviously express mine. Well, you know, everybody who listened to last week or talked to me or anything knew that like I was really worried about Tremont going into this. You know, he signed himself out of the fucking hospital after like 11 days in the hospital. It was a terrible situation. Um, so, you know, there was a, a lot of just concern for the dude overall going in. But this was the fucking match. This was the big once-in-a-lifetime match. This was Matt Tremont versus Onita. And look, a couple weeks going into this, I started to hear rumors. And every one of them I shot down like, dude, you're out of your fucking mind. There's no way it's happening. Up until like a couple days before the event, people were like, dude, it's going to be a six-man. That was the plan the whole fucking time. And you watch. The fans are going to fucking hate it. It's fucked up. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, there's no fucking way. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. There's no way that they're going to build this once-in-a-lifetime main event. Tremont's going to sign himself out of the fucking hospital two days before the event and go into it being a fucking six-man. Like, th- that shit is horrible. And even a couple days before, I'm like, nah, Onita's guys are, are booked in a match already. So, like, who else would they have him team with? It's, it's clearly just going to be a one-on-one the way it should be. So sure enough, we fucking get the thing going, and within a minute's time, 
minute or two minutes time, it becomes a fucking six man. And I mean, to me, this whole shit was trash. I mean, I don't know. I I know the the aura of Onita and the fact that he's over here after all this time. And, you know, I think he's only been the States one other time in his career or something like that. Um, You know, it's epic because of that alone. Um, The only way that I could spin a positive out of this is like, let's just imagine that it was an Onita autograph signing. And he did a couple things while he was there. I mean, that that's all I could say. But as far as an actual match, for a deathmatch community that watched Matt Tremont versus Nick Gage, that watched even a Matt Tremont versus old Broken Down Supreme, or, or Matt Tremont versus Homeless Jimmy, Matt Tremont versus... You go down the list of the things that he's done this year, Pentagon, and the list goes on and on, of the just insane matches that he had this year. And, and you put this match up against those. And, and just look, man, he's a deathmatch like legend of course this this dude didn't come to fucking work at all and he went through the motions he did just about nothing and i mean at his age i don't know what you'd really expect him to do but this this had such a fucking epic billing um i think this was a huge bait and switch completely fucked the fans at once in a lifetime it should have been called like grease up your asshole um that's what they should have named the show um because these fans paid seventy five fucking dollars at front row. They paid forty five dollars just general admission to get in the building, you know. And this all added up to a build for a match that's not even happening in the states. I, I just I think it's completely fucked up. Some people are saying Onita demanded this, this and that. Um, supposedly, you know, we'll go into what Zandig said afterwards, but I I can't take away anything positive from this match other than like great. Matt gets to go to Japan, and I'm sure whatever happens over there will be better. But as far as the hometown crowd, as far as everybody over here, all the hype, all the build is all for fucking nothing as far as what the United States crowd got. So to me, it was a big fuck you. After the match, you know, uh, Onita went on this whole like shooting on CZW, calling them cheap, which uh, I mean, I, I don't think the guy that, from what I heard, got paid five fucking figures has any fucking right to go out there and call any kind of company cheap. Cause in case you haven't fucking noticed, not a lot of fucking people are making five figures in a fucking indie company. So if anything, if you wanted the match to be something special, maybe you take a little under fucking five figures in order for all the things to go into the match to make it legit. I mean, if you're going to take your big fucking payday and then call them cheap for not footing the bill for a bunch of other shit that you think should have happened, well, maybe that's partially on you too, because that's that's a big fucking bill to pay. So that's just me. I, I just I just thought it was shitty overall. I think DJ's a dickhead for fucking bait and switching and not fucking letting people in because he did all these fucking interviews. I think you guys had him on and everything, and a bunch of people had him on. I don't know if that was your mystery interview, but was, um, I know you know. Yeah, I, I mean, he had said a bunch of things. I heard him on a couple things, and he was saying like. And there isn't an explosion match. Well, no, I, I really don't want to, you know, uh, give away any secrets or anything. I mean, he almost teased it as if it might be bigger than you even think it is. And in the long run, it was way, way fucking less. And again, I understand you got to pay for Onita, but I mean, you're getting that $40 fucking autograph signing money. Um, you up the tickets a little, but you jacked them the fuck up. 
And the end result was, yeah, here's this fuckfest tag match that nobody, other than the aura of Anita, nobody is saying that this is the best match of the card. And, and it absolutely had to be. It just had to be after all that hype. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it was going to ever steal the show or anything with Janela and Leo being on there. Um, I do think it was lackluster, which will obviously, you know, break it down throughout the show. But uh, one thing that I did hear from from some credible sources that I don't, I'm not going to name on here, um, because once again, I didn't get their permission, was that some of the whole Matt Tremont Hospital thing was somewhat of an angle to build it up, which uh, Onita is known for doing, you know, in Puerto Rico and so forth. But uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, he was definitely in the hospital. I just I don't know how long he was in there and if they try to use this as an angle to kind of hype up this uh, this match, you know? I mean, that would even be more fucked up that you get all of his fucking fan base, like, fucking praying in their fucking bedrooms and shit, you know, trying to get to, yeah. please let Matt Tremont not die on the fucking, and I seriously was, like, turned off from it. I almost didn't watch the fucking show, and I honestly, I know people who were going to the fucking show and was like, I can't go there and watch it live, and chose not to go there. Obviously, they had a big fucking crowd, so that wasn't, like, a huge portion of people, but... There were a couple people that just felt too bad about it and were like, dude, I'm not watching this fucking guy die live in the fucking ring in front of me. Like, fuck that, dude. I'm going to wish him the best. I'm going to go home. I'm going to watch it. But, like, I-, I don't know, man. It just felt awkward. It felt uncomfortable and this and that. And and at this point, I wouldn't doubt it because, uh, again, like, that shit does not add up to a logical or even only, almost humanly possible thing to do. Again, this isn't, you know, a guy built like fucking uh, the Feinstein kid, you know, Matt Tremont. Yeah, this dude's in some banged up shape over all the years. And I'm not doubting his toughness or anything like that. But any human being spends 11 days in the hospital and blood transfusions and all of this shit. And then fucking two days later goes and starts cutting their forehead open on the first chair shot he takes. (laughs) I mean, it's not to me... uh, something that's that logical so i mean hearing that type of thing possibly because i even saw zandig within his post said this is part of what onita does the big build with the hospital thing and this and that and i'm like huh that's fucking weird so uh, again I, I think kind of a shitty thing for a fan base that legitimately cares about him like that for it to become a thing unless you know he comes out on fucking interviews this week and goes hey guys Sorry for the big scare. I did have some little, you know, hospital thing happen, but I was out a week ago or yeah, I mean, give me fucking something. You know, I just I don't know. I I, I feel awkward about a lot of this fucking the, this main event and the way that the whole thing went down. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a possibility. I'm surely not going to be the guy to accuse him of faking sure. <laughs> near death. Um, but I mean, obviously, these are one of the things that are being said. Yeah. And once again, I'm not saying, you know. It's it's definitely a fact or anything. I I certainly did not did not hear it from Tremont. Um, I just heard it from you know other wrestlers and other people that are involved with the company. Um, we we don't know what it is, man. But I mean, I think from the gate, maybe not from first day when they announced that this is happening. Maybe not. Um, but I, I certainly think right around best of the best, they had a good idea that this was going to be a six man tag. I don't think it was a case of you know Onita showing up and asking for more money. I know there's rumors out there like that. I, I think that's all bullshit. I don't really think this guy came in. Um, you know they made a ton of money. I don't think he came in and and fucking asked for more money. I think it was more of a case that they just didn't advertise it as a six man, thinking that it's gonna kill the crowd, it's gonna kill the business, and um, they won't get as many ticket sales. But I do think it was shitty. I think I think they should have announced that it was a six man. I don't think it would have made a difference at all. 
to be honest with you. But I wouldn't put much of the blame on Onita. I would put more on CZW for not um, involving their fan base and, and enlightening them of, of the situation. Because um, I don't think it would have hurt them. I think people respect honesty, and that's that's probably what they deserve. You know, and these are people that have been going for years, including myself. And um, to kind of get suckered into a one-on-one match and then switch it up on me and say, "Oh no, now it's a now it's a six-man, and you'll get it in Japan." You know, maybe not. But they did that on the back of saying that he was going one-on-one with Matt Tremont, fucking once in a lifetime, first time, only time. Da 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 da. They did it on the back of that, not just the fact that Onita was going to show up and sign autographs. I mean, they, definitely a big part of the attendance was the build of Matt Tremont versus Onita. Yeah, and I think you know DJ doing this, um, you know, as much as they want to say, oh. We're, we're making progress. You know, we're making the company bigger. Um, this is a bad business move. It's a, it's a great business move to bring Onita in, but not necessarily be truthful with your fan base and uh, give them what, what was advertised. And again, this whole advertisement thing, it's an iffy thing because they never went out and said actual like explosion match. But they sure as fuck put every single explosive clip that they could in the video packages to hype up the show. And uh, I feel like when you do that, you're kind of subliminally advertising it and teasing that. And uh, Onita, you know, not Onita, Tremont was on our show and he said it was going to be an explosive match. I mean, uh, DJ said, it, you know, he can't say what exactly it is, but it's sure as fuck. They, they hyped it up to be more than what it was. Um, I don't think people expected, you know, one or two botched, you know, baseball bad uh, explosives to be to be the, the payoff. And uh, we'll get into the to the finish. I think the finish was a was a bit of a botch, which uh, I'll break down in a little bit once we get towards the end. Which I think took away from the uh, you know took away a lot from the show. It definitely had a lot more potential, but uh, definitely bad move on them not to advertise it as a six man man. I mean, you know, Onita. I think I think the guy is just coming off of a broken leg. You know, the guy's fifty nine years old. If you watch any of his stuff from from the previous FMW relaunch. I mean, the guy's been doing the same thing in Japan. I don't think it was a case of the guy coming over here not to quote-unquote work. You know, I think he came to work, but that's what you would expect from Onita in 2017. Um, I don't think he was trying to be, you know, uh, rip, ripping him off in any kind of way or anything like that. I think that's exa- you exactly got what you would expect out of an Onita match in 2017. And uh, the other guys kind of have to carry it, carry it on, you know. And um, unfortunately, in this situation, it didn't really seem like anybody stepped up to the point where they could have delivered a, a great match, which this match had to be. It had to be a great match. You can't just be mediocre and tease another match coming up in a different country at that, you know. Now, like, you got to edit your graphic. All those other people got to edit their graphic and, like, paint other guys in there and shit. It's I mean, true. honestly, at this point, like, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, like, you know, super fucking Onita guy. Um, I liked, you know, the old FMW shit, but, like, I'm not married to this shit. And uh, I don't like the way the whole fucking thing went down. I definitely come off of it going, like, fuck Onita. Like, uh, I don't think Japan is going to produce, like, a, a super match out of that guy either. Um, good for Matt to be able to go over there and do some shit. I'm already hearing talks of a DJ Hyde in a six-man with fucking Matt and with it. I mean, that's that's the Zandig stuff. But um, as far as the entrance, though, like I I think I was more excited watching Ricky Vaughn come out the wild thing in Major League than I am was fucking Onita at this point. Come on, come on, dude. No, no. I think uh, for me, dude, I I was satisfied. I can't say I left unhappy. For me, it was to meet Onita. Onita, Onita. 
That's why I went. I went to see that. That was the spectacle to me. Was to live that entrance. That wild thing hit. That wild thing. That that shit fucking gave me goosebumps. You know what I mean? That's why I went to the show. And I can't say I left unhappy. Because I got to experience an authentic FMW Onita entrance vibe energy. Because in ECW came out as like the great Muda gimmick. Great Nita. We got the authentic version of Atsushi Onita, which is what I wanted and I got. Yeah, well, I think everybody involved holds some level of responsibility because everybody held that fucking secret. Everybody held the fucking secret. If it's going to be a six-man, everyone just played the fucking, like... And then, like I said, to to bury CZW afterwards, I think is shitty, too, because they were the company to put up the fucking five five figures to bring you in and you get on the mic being like yo fuck these motherfuckers they're cheap 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 and all this bullshit and fuck that we'll go to japan and show you how it's really done and like you said what fmw is doing right now ain't shit so great promotion for your company but you can't act respectful to the place that fucking flew you in for 20 fucking minutes before you leave and go fuck them like i don't know i just thought that was shitty yeah i mean dude as much as i am biased towards onita as much as i love the guy it was shitty. I'm not going to sit here and deny that. I think it was shitty for him to come out there and kind of bury CZW, the company that paid him. You know, I'm not going to put a number out there, but a, a nice, nice chunk of change. Um, however, I think if you're charging $40 for autographs, 45 to get in just for general admission, not front row, general admission. Um you know, the streams, obviously they got a ton of money from the streams because the, the fucking stream broke down. They weren't expecting that many people. So I don't think it was, a, it was a case of them not making enough money or anything like that. They could have invested more in the explosives, which is why I think Onita came out there and said they were cheap, you know. And uh, FMW right now, man, it's, it's, it's kind of like a shindy. It's not what FMW used to be drawing 55,000 people in the stadiums, you know. Um, however, their explosives still look better than what they did in CZW, which is what I think uh, Onita was mad about. Because, you know, if he wants to do a match one time in the States, he wants it to be authentic. But, um, you know, I talked to DJ earlier on, on Facebook, and uh, according to him, you know, the whole cheap thing wasn't geared towards CZW, which uh, I, I just kind of just I don't, I don't get it. Clearly it was, you know. Oh, yeah, of course not. DJ's like, you know. Uh, you know, the guy that called me an asshole, I don't think he was necessarily calling me an asshole. Uh, I think he was possibly reference, referencing um, a, an old gimmick where I once said asshole, and he was uh, calling back to my old, you know, he was, just, he was just quoting one of my old promos when I said asshole. Like, DJ's going to make any excuse he can to make himself not look like a huge fucking asshole, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... One thing that, that, you know, I know for sure was that the ending was a botch. Uh, I heard it from a wrestler that works for the company that uh, the, the ending was definitely a botch. And it was actually supposed to be a suplex from Danny Havoc going through one of those barbed wire boards that had, you know, nice fucking big explosives in there. Uh, that would kind of give it that FMW feel, which I think a lot of people would have left happy if that was the case. Um, and they botched it, and even if you botch the dude at the end, you you feel that energy of the crowd go down. So if you botch it and that was the finish, um, bring the other one out, bring the right one out, 
and uh, do another bump. You know, you got you got to kind of improv, but you know, give the crowd what they want. This is, after all, once in a fucking lifetime. My thing was from the start was I really I didn't see. Remember, we talked way back about this, and we talked about once in a lifetime might only be seen by Tremont and uh, Onita because the explosion is going to give off smoke and the whole building being filled with people. How are they even going to see? It could really fuck things up. What's the ventilation? This and that. My thought was always just like, look, I, you know, you know the way that that place is set up. There's fire doors all along the the right wall as you walk in, and uh, especially with that building being cleared out, I really think they should have set up some kind of big fucking bump outside, and did it like quick enough. Boom, out the back door. Don't even let the fans follow you out there. Let that shit be for the DVD whatever feed. Um, you know, and do some big fucking spot out there, whether it be with a ladder or whatever the fuck you want to set up, give a little height to a table with some kind of explosion or some shit like that and make your big, you know, everyone in the building will hear a big, see some smoke come off of that little drift in, but you know, it'd be something to add to it. But again, I mean, when you plan to fucking six, man, this isn't, this is, they didn't want to fucking do anything huge. They, They had no intention on doing anything huge. Yeah, but I mean, overall, though, I, I really love the end, that whole uh, promo at the end, which I guess uh, w- we can get into. Um, that definitely had the most uh, authentic FMW feel to it. And, you know, the entrance and the promo at the end and, and the face-off and the tease for Japan definitely gave me the chills, man. Because they call them all out at the end. Yo, you come to Japan. You come to Japan. You come to Japan. But not you, because you're retiring next month. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. So it's not like, yeah, us six versus you six, where it fucking belongs. It's like, well, now you're retiring next month, so just you, Matt. Just come over by yourself, because we jumped you in your fucking house. So clearly, it'll be way better in our house. But, again, spoiler alert, DJ Hyde works himself into the mix once again. Yeah, which uh, we'll obviously get into. It's not a big surprise that you'll see DJ Hyde uh, include himself in the tour, which was kind of broken uh, breaking news by Zandig. Which uh, I expected Zandig one way or another to uh, definitely criticize them and give them some shit. But um, for this, man, I hope that they at least, since they teased the match and they're not giving it to us on U.S. soil, I hope that they at least have somehow, some way, um, a way to get it to us. You know, whether it's CCW Studios, High Spots, DVD, something. You at least got to give the fans that because uh, I think it'll just be super shitty. If people have to go out of their way, you know, to, to buy a Japanese DVD and pay like 55 in shipping just to watch a match that was advertised um, that they paid 45 to 75 dollars to go see live in person. But uh, again, not not necessarily shitting on the show. For me, it was a spectacle. I wanted to meet Onita. Um, I showed him my artwork. You know, that was a, he, he kind of marked out for it. It was uh, it was awesome. You know, he insisted on taking a picture with that. Um, you know, I took plenty of pictures with him with with his uh, FMW belt which was heavy as shit man only time you'll ever uh, you'll ever see me wearing a goddamn replica belt around any indie show I, I guarantee you this is the one and only time you will see Shaheen at an indie show wearing a wrestling belt that's that's for sure man I seen what? the picture bro was... <laughs> yeah, you had a belt just... in the picture yeah I, I had it but you know, Onito, once in a lifetime. It's gonna be one of those Anthony things where you're like, no, I was just holding that for someone. That wasn't that wasn't mine. Like, no, it was like a friend's belt. And he said, like, you gotta hold this. Yeah. That's that's the explanation I got. It's like Onita really wanted me to hold the belt. He yeah, did. Okay. He did. You're probably like, please let me hold that belt. Just give me. Can I hold it? Yeah. But uh, he did ask me. Um, 
obviously Zandig had something to do with these uh, explosive baseball bats. Um, he put a post up on Facebook. We saw Zandig use these at uh, TOD, and these awfully look just like those. And uh, just like the TOD one, they did not explode, you know? And this, the first one didn't either. And that's that's funny, too, because, you know, when they say that the Zandig, had, you know, Zandig said he had something to do with it and all of that, I thought it was funny because the very first bat went off before it made contact, and I was like, huh? Classic CZW explosions. <laughs> Here we go again. Yeah, classic CZW. But uh, honestly, dude, I mean, I think, you know, from the gate, um, I think the deal was for it to be a six-man. Uh, CZW, in my opinion, in my personal opinion, CZW failed to communicate that to the fans. And uh, that was more of a letdown. I wouldn't put too much blame on Onia. Um, and if you look back at the promo videos now and the video packages, it, it really does make sense, you know. With him saying, I'll be there. And, you know, each of them take time. I'll be there. He be there. He be there. Speak. You know, and it just, it makes sense. It seems like from FMW's standpoint, they were building towards a six-man. Uh, although in the U.S., you know, it was kind of advertised. as Onita, Tremont in a one-on-one match. However, I don't think it was a case of Onita changing things at last minute or him saying, you know, I'm going to be lazy and not want to work a, one, a, a one-on-one match. I think uh, the whole deal was... You know, for it to be a six man because he needs to be carried. You know, he's got bad legs, hips, back, so forth. Maybe Onita was, but not fucking Tremont wasn't. Like everything on the state side of things wasn't. All Onita's matches were like, here we are, all three yeah. of us. And it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. well, well, that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that Onita was advertising a six man, and CZW failed to communicate that to their fans. Right, but know? all their promos coming through Tremont was Onita, Onita, not like Onita and the other guys. Yeah. I will say this, though, man. I mean, with Danny Havoc, RSP, and Tremont being in the ring, um, maybe the Japanese guys weren't up to par. Maybe they're not the greatest in the ring. I wasn't expecting the biggest bump from, you know, Pogo's son or a 59-year-old Onita that just came back from a leg injury that probably shouldn't even be wrestling. I wouldn't expect that from them. However, from a guy like Danny Havoc, a guy like RSP that went out there and fucking killed himself with John Wayne Murdoch, a guy like Matt Tremont, which, you know, if the hospital thing was somewhat of an angle, even a little bit of an angle, and he could go harder, um, it was it was disappointing. Especially when you reflect back on um, the year that, that Tremont has had in 2017. I mean, you're talking about, you know, fucking numerous tournaments. You're talking about him killing it with a guy like Madman Pondo. I don't think Pondo is, is, is harder to pull a match out of than, than Onita. Um, look at Supreme and, you know, Supreme from XPW came a game changer and Supreme could barely get in the fucking ring, you know, and Tremont pulled a great fucking match out of him. He took all the bumps. And to me, this was the most important match. And I thought it was going to be an all out, just fucking bloodbath brawl, which it was a bloodbath, but it, there was nothing that I can reflect back on where I'm like, oh shit, that was insane because you know, the, the big spots were botched. The, the, the baseball bats were botched the um, exploding board they, they picked the wrong one up um, so there was no explosives for the end in, in a fucking explosion match there's no explosives for the finish which makes no sense but um, overall I just I just thought uh, a lot of those guys man they could have gone a little bit harder and carried the Japanese guys I don't know if it was a case of the language issue but uh, overall just a little bit of a disappointment I was expecting uh, a whole lot more than what we got you know, that's the theme. It's not even like you're asking for him to kill himself, but that's continuously what he's been doing all year. Yeah. I, I agree, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue that. I absolutely agree with you. Uh Ricky Shane Page was on Twitter after the show. Uh, I guess a lot of the fans were adding him on Twitter and they were pissed about the finish 
and uh, how it wasn't an authentic explosion match. And he basically told all the fans to go fuck themselves. He said, you know, this is CZW. He, we're the only ones that brought Onita in. Enjoy it for what it was and um, stop basically bitching about it, you know. And I just kind of want to get your thoughts on this whole thing. I, I just think, you know, if these wrestlers, Ricky Shane Page, Janela, everybody else who wants to take this stance, that the fans should just smile and be happy no matter what happens, then they should probably, like, start dealing ecstasy in the parking lot or pumping laughing gas into the fucking <laughs> building or something because that's not a human reaction to just smile whether you like it or not and just be happy to be there. Like, unless you've had, like, a severe head injury and then, like, the fresh air just makes you feel good about life. Like, I don't understand how you expect that out of people who are paying for a product to entertain them i don't get it i just i'll never get that yeah for anyone interested go check out uh mike johnson's uh pw insider article about this i thought it was uh it was perfectly put it, it sums it up very well and uh, he actually has a picture of captain dave legend meets legend on uh, pwinsider.com yeah <laughs> when the uh when the whole thing started out Captain Dave had a more effective network than High Spots because I was getting the fucking <laughs> yeah. results of who was coming out in this this uh, aerial assault match from Captain Dave because I had nothing on my computer, but Captain Dave was letting me know who joined the fray during that. And I was like, all right, there you go. Legend. So he had the more effective network for at least an hour. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go back to Mike Johnson. Um, Him doing this uh, PW Insider article, he definitely mentioned that it was a spectacle from a booking standpoint, he said uh, it was awful. It was a fucking train wreck. And um, he was kind of disappointed, just like the rest of the fans, him being a fan originally, uh, and the fact that DJ and CZW basically uh, somewhat lied to their fan base and um, weren't being truthful. And, uh, I, I again, I agree with the guy. I'm not the biggest Mike Johnson fan. Anybody that's been listening to my podcast, The Hot Tag, knows that uh, Mike Johnson and I have bumped heads over the years. Um, not a fan of mine. I'm not the biggest fan of his. But uh, I got to give credit where it's due. And um, I think he was being a, a fair critic. You know, he gave the good along with the bad and uh, definitely, definitely the ugly. Yeah, what a great guy. Um, the, the better Captain Dave picture to me was the one he took with Leo Rush where he's clearly handing him money in, in the photo op. That was my... <laughs> That was my favorite Captain Dave picture of the night. I know Anita pictures definitely take precedence over most things, but he was legitimately handing Leo Rush money during yeah. the fucking picture. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> oh, that's the best. But uh, just just to wrap this up with a once-in-a-lifetime, overall thoughts, man. Did they know from day one? Did Onita show up and try to sniff them? What do you think went down? Um, what are your overall thoughts to, to wrap it up? I think they knew all along. It's classic DJ shit. DJ thinks, you know, he's bigger than, than the fan base and that there's things you'll just never understand. There's a lot of things that go on that the fans don't get. But, I mean, if you just were fucking straight up with them, I, I think it's a little bit easier for them to understand. You know, John Zandig screams from the fucking rafters like, here's what's going on, motherfucker. I did my best. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and then the fans go, I don't like this, but I respect his fucking, <laughs> I like the yeah, his fucking yeah yeah but um yeah man i mean with with the amount of people that i saw in line for autographs dude i'm telling you they they did an autograph signing with him from four until the show started they had to cut the line off the show started at 7 30 that's three and a half hours of autograph signings and and it was a fast fast autograph signing it wasn't like people were sitting there with him for 20 minutes and um he did it even after the show. So you're looking at a good like six hours of autograph signings, which I give the guy respect for because not a lot of people do that, especially at his age. 
So um, I definitely, you know, reflecting back on it, I don't think it was a mistake to bring the guy in um, and invest that, you know, five-figure deal with him. I think um, I think it was a good investment. I think they made their money back. And um, I kind of blame CZW for half-assing it because they should have invested more in the explosives and gave what the fans what they wanted, you know? To me, that's the difference between your autograph fee and your, your actual wrestling show fee. I think, you know, you could charge a certain amount for autographs. And if you want to even bump up the autograph thing, because, look, we got to fucking pay for Onita. Like I said, I didn't think it was far-fetched if it was $40 a picture and $40 an autograph. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but for a guy who's only been in the States fucking twice ever, I don't think that's fucking far-fetched. I think people would have saved up the money. But when you charge $40 for both, and then $75 for your front row ticket. Well, that front row ticket better deliver the match. That's yeah. not just the autograph signing being paid for. Yeah, I, I'm certainly not going to argue that, man. I, I totally agree. I think, um, you know, the price was fine. I think people were okay with the price, but they were expecting a lot more. And um, it just it just wasn't delivered. What the case may have been, I don't know. We'll follow up with it, you know, in weeks to come. Um, I'm hoping to get DJ on the show uh fairly soon and uh obviously you know ask him some of these questions but um you know onita legend once in a lifetime it is uh never see this guy again i absolutely thought it was worth it if if they told me it was going to be a six man and it was 44 autograph and 40 to 45 to get in i still would have paid that 85 um honestly i paid about like almost like 300 throughout that night whether it's t-shirts uh merchandise whatever the case may be so i think they made a ton of money and uh they should have taken care of the fans better you know if you can't deliver don't uh, don't advertise what you can't deliver. Basically, you know. I you know, I respect the legend that he is, and and that's why I think you know certain levels of the price make sense, and I understand the aura, and I understand all of that. But you put a certain amount of hype and and price and all of that stuff that leads to the actual match. To that's that's when I kind of that's that's when I kind of I, I need more out of it, you know. And again, I mean, we're all kind of under the under the understanding that Matt Tremont was going to be the one to make the match what the match was going to be. And, right. uh, you know, everything he went through. But then again, like, it's, it's not just what he went through because becoming a six man, it just, what well, would the three Japan guys going to bump the fuck out of all the American guys all match? Because at that point, it's got to be somewhat of a trade off if you're going six man. And the, the Japanese guys got to take some big shit. The American guys got to take some big shit. Even if, you know, it's a little lopsided, it can't just be one sided. Like, it, it could kind of be that way in a one on one match where, you know, it, it turns towards the end or something, but I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I mean, but to be fair though, I think uh, I think Onita is actually going to put Tremont over when he comes to Japan. I don't think it was a case of um, him having to go over, you know, all these American guys and bury CZW. I think it was more of a case of, hey, we'll come to the states. You know, you guys put us over, and then I'll have Tremont retire me, which is fucking big, and I'll give him the FMW title. Um, I just wish we got a little bit more of that in the states where it was originally advertised and uh where it stemmed from but um dude overall i i really i have no problem with that i think onito is doing good business man i don't think the guy's being a dick i think he's gonna put him over and um that's what you do in wrestling you know, you know? I, I mean i think him smacking the shit out of tremont after the match to build the japan match was more than anything he did in the fucking match and honestly dude that was that was fucking um that was electric you know, to see those guys go head to head. And that was the most authentic thing about the show. And that's the reason why I went to the show was to get that authenticity from from Onita. You know, the entrance, him with the leather jacket. I mean, he didn't come with a cigarette, but 
you know, I'll, I'll, I'll forget about that. But, uh, you know, Onita typically after the matches, he does the whole um, emotional promo, whether he's crying, slapping somebody, um, wrapped in barbed wire, bleeding, whatever the case may be. He's he's super dramatic with it. And uh, that's that's what I wanted from that. And this is what we got. I thought the end was fucking awesome, to be honest with you, man. I mean, I have I have nothing bad to say. And, and Onita and Tremont, you know, two of the most passionate guys you're going to see in the ring. So expect nothing less from them than great promo work, you know? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the the after the match looked legitimate, looked heated and everything else, and then you know it was just like, all right, well, we'll fucking see you later. Everyone get a fucking plane ticket to Japan because otherwise you're not seeing this shit, dude. Uh, dude, honestly, I I really don't know if it's feasible right now. Um, I'm really thinking about going for the retirement match to Japan, man. I would love to make that a first for me, you know. Well, I live in Jersey, and I wouldn't go to Jersey for this. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm not going to Japan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, teach their all, man. That's what it is. But I think um, Tremont will have a, a hell of a time in Japan. I think I think he's definitely going to live his dream. And I think Onida's going to take care of him, man. I mean, everybody's calling him a dick, saying he's a bad businessman. Zandik saying, fuck Onida, this, that, and a third. I'd have to disagree. Once again, I could be biased. <clears throat> Onida's, like, one of my favorites. I do think he's going to take care of the guy, though. I think he's going to go over there, and he's going to put him over. Um and it's, it's just going to be a fair deal, man. I mean, it was good business for CZW, hopefully, to bring Onita in. And hopefully it'll work out for FMW when uh, Tremont goes over there and becomes, uh, hopefully, the next FMW champion. I certainly don't see Onita not laying down for Tremont. He basically said he's going to lay down for him. He said, I want you to be my next uh, explosion champion. Explosion! You know? So, hopefully uh, we'll see some cool vignettes coming up with uh, that. But I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to somehow seeing this. Hopefully live and uh, in person. But uh, Onita, I think he's definitely going to do the favor. And I think he's doing good business. And um, it's cool to see him put over uh, an American guy for his last match, you know? I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I mean, maybe he doesn't him. And then in the next sentence, you're telling me. And then in the next sentence, you're telling me. And then in the next sentence, you're telling me that he's retiring fucking Onita. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. Um, one more cool thing that I want to mention before uh, before we wrap this up with the whole Anita and Tremont thing was uh, seeing Tony Myers. He's like the 15th Leatherface, um, old USWA Memphis guy. Uh, he's playing uh, FMW Leatherface now, which was cool. I just wish they would have a fucking better mask, man. I mean, if you're going to recreate a gimmick in 2017 that was hot in 1994 uh, and the mask looks better in 1994, it's, you know, like, come on, dude. Um, it was like a shindy fest with the mask. I mean, I think, what is it? Uh, PWS was using them. SWF is using like a fake leather face. And that mask looks a thousand times better than Tony Myers FMW mask, which was, uh, meh at best. But, um, once again, the, the end was amazing. I, I loved Onita being there, getting to see that, feeling that electric moment i thought he was very respectful bowed down thanked the thank the fans a thousand times took his time with the autographs at the end of the show once again um overall really nice dude man and um i i mean people can say what they want disappointed uh yeah you have the right to be but i wouldn't put it on onita honestly i would put it on more dj and dj was put in a tough spot i think every party was put in a tough spot with this but uh you know it was ultimately dj's decision and i think uh he kind of dropped the ball with not announcing this as a six man and um delivering what he advertised but um we'll see where it goes man october is not too far away i'm hoping that fmw actually goes balls deep and and does a no rope explosion match which uh would be fucking awesome man i i can't wait to see it i want to hear those alarms go off and uh 
that'll be a moment in history. Um, so yeah, then after the match, um, I mean, when everybody's just about to turn off the feed and, and whatever else, like DJ Hyde has some bullshit promo thing where he's on the phone in the car. Like, I, I don't, I don't even know what the fuck this was. I know he said something about, yeah, like, yeah, I'll be there. Like, I can't believe I sold half of the company or something. And then like, it cuts off like who the fuck told him that was a good idea to to put some bullshit fucking segment in with himself after the big Onita Tremont stare off thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that was about. Uh, I saw it on high spots. I'd walked out of the venue um, before that aired, so I have no idea what that is about. I'm not sure if it's like something that they're trying to bring Zandig back in, you know, with him saying, "Oh, I regret like selling the company." Um, I just, I think it's too much of a coincidence for Zandig to be. Talking about Onita, and then uh, you know at the same time they they aired this segment where he's talking to uh, another guy that clearly has something to do with uh, CCW. But I guess I guess we'll see in the upcoming months. You know. No, do you think that he like borrowed Onita's limo to cut that promo? Because like, where the fuck did he get a limo from? I mean, uh... he definitely did. He definitely did. You know yeah. He did. Like, dude, that's probably what he did. He probably was like, while they're in the ring still doing this, I'm just going to say, hey, dude, let me step in here and make a call real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Like, uh, that's weird, but all right. Onita knows. He knows. He's in the car. Yeah, I'm just in the limo. Like, no one believes he's in a fucking limo legitimately. Like, His whole his whole mentality is fucking crazy. Yeah, dude, that would be hilarious, man. That's like that's like a DJ's mark out moment of the year. You know, him playing Vince with the fucking limo and all that, and it was a perfect opportunity. You know, they had to get a limo for Onita, so yeah, why not take advantage? Jump in there, run, fucking do a quick little segment, and uh, air it. And um, also we got we got something to look forward to. DJ Hyde in the ring with Onita in Japan. You knew it was gonna happen. It's happening. Uh, so once in a lifetime, ultimately DJ found his way into the show. But uh, with that said, I think we're gonna wrap it up. We will be back next week. Uh, JCat is on a little hiatus with his uh, blog talk radio. He might do a solo show that I'll record and uh, I'll, I'll give him the link so he can throw it up on blog talk radio. Until then, uh, definitely go ahead subscribe to him on iTunes. Uh, JCat Morris Yakuza Kick Radio. Definitely check out the Hot Tag Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and we shall return next Sunday, 8 p.m., and I think I'm going to start pre-recording these and just air them on Mixler. We'll see how that works. With that said, thanks to all the listeners. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Continue to share. You know, this was once in a lifetime. We'll be back next week. Peace.